Hi everybody, this is Lee Daniel and I am an attorney in Huntsville, Alabama. I'm also the owner of Project Positive Change. I have an event venue, Lee Acres in Huntsville and a gal an art gallery, Gallery 111. And this is my beautiful host, Allison. And Allison, can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Hi everyone, yeah, I am Allison. I'm Allison Reiner and I am a, a relationship and uh, communication expert. I work in uh, in Europe, out of Milan. I uh, And I don't own any art galleries anywhere, but I do help you work out the best way to, to communicate either in a work situation or a relationship situation, either in love or in friendship. And this is not legal advice. And the reason that I've called it This Is Not Legal Advice is because Allison and I work together to help you with issues before, during, and after a divorce. Or if you have some other issue related to relationship, as Allison said, she's a relationship coach. I've been a divorce lawyer for 27 years. So between us, we have a lot of knowledge about relating. And yes. what we're here to help you with is the way you relate in the world and how you relate to other people. That's exactly, that's exactly what we're here to do. And between us, we've had a, our fair share of relationships. So we've got our own personal experience to bring to the, the table as well as our, our professional experience. Everybody, uh, it's Lee and Allison, and this is not legal advice. And today we're gonna talk about a hot topic in more ways than one, adultery. So it obviously comes up a lot in my profession as a divorce lawyer that people have either been cheated on or they're cheating. And so I feel pretty qualified to confirm people say, I think this is, ha this is happening, this is happening, this is happening, I think they're cheating. And, and I actually feel pretty qualified to say, I think, you know, yeah, they are, or nah, they're probably not. So what do you think, Allison, in your relationship coaching, do you see that a lot? I see, um, I see cheating. I see it slightly differently. You, you see the, uh, the end of the line. I see it um, quite often when possibly there's been somebody cheating and, and it's more of a cry for help. Oh, yeah. Help is, is a wrong word, but a cry for, you know, there's, there's something wrong in the relationship. Uh, so it's not always necessarily the, the serial cheater that I, I see. That's, you know, I do, of course, see women who who are married to narcissists and of course the, the narcissist tends to be a serial cheater yeah. uh, but the, you know that so there are two different uh, different situations uh well actually there are more than two there are the th three different situations the the serial cheater the the one-off because it's a cry for help and also the the cheating because the relationship is is at the end so yeah i i see that i see that as well and uh, and it depends really you know it comes down to what you want to do where, you know, what your desire with that relationship is. Is it to resolve the situation? Is it to extricate from yourself from the situation? So what do you, I mean, and we may have different takes. Of course, I am a divorce lawyer. So do you think that people should get divorced when there's cheating? I think it depends on the cheating. I think, you know, as, as I say, if it's, if you're with a serial cheater, the only way you're going to get respite, the only way you're going to get peace of mind is, yes, to get divorced. There is no, there is no other option. And there you, you probably want to work on yourself, work on your own uh, sense of self-esteem, self-worth, 
in order to be strong enough to go through a divorce and, and come out happily on the other side. If it is the, the situation I, I mentioned before, where somebody, one party, either yourself or the or your partner, husband, wife, whatever, has uh, has had an affair because there's a the relationship has stagnated. Um, but you're you're looking to do something about it. That is, yeah. Well, you know, even when you reach that point, you, you still have have two choices. You know, do I want to to save this relationship or not? If I if I really believe I do, because I believe that there's still something left in it, not because I think I should, then yeah, it's it's a really good starting point because yeah, and that's where the communication skills, if you like, come in. It's it's a place that maybe even for the first time in your relationship, you can sit down and be completely honest. You have nothing to lose at that point. You know, the, the worst, because, you know, in certainly in most of our minds, the worst thing that can happen is an affair. Uh, so the worst has at that stage happened. So you can start from an absolute base of honesty. Okay, why did it happen? This is how I'm feeling. This is where, you know, this is what drove me to it. Um, or you know, please tell me, please tell me exactly what you were feeling that pushed you into that. And that's not to say that you start pointing fingers. Of course, as we, you know, we said uh, in our last podcast, that's not the, the place to start and it's never going to get you anywhere. It's a case of, I am feeling like this. I was feeling like this. I was feeling neglected, unloved, ugly, fat. You know, and I'm talking about all the things that us women feel that forces out to uh, to look for attention elsewhere. Um, I didn't feel that you found me attractive anymore. He did. Um, and from there, you can build. You know, you can build on that. Is there something that we can do to change it? Is there something? Is there a way that we can interact with each other? Talk to each interact. This is sound like we're you know a business relationship, but is there some way that we can talk to each other? Is there something we can do together? Do we have to go back to basics? Do we have to start dating again? Do we have to start, you know, holding off on sex so that it becomes something we look forward to and it's not perfunctory? It's not something that we do because it's Wednesday night at 10 o'clock. Well, I, I think that there's a lot of circumstances that would go into the decision to let somebody, that you would even be willing to work through it because if it was a long-term, especially let's just say it's a long-term situation, or it's like you said, it's happened more than one. There's, you know, whether they're a narcissist or not, although they probably are, if they have such little regard for you, it's also the betrayal, right? So you've got the, you've got the fact that they're having sex with somebody else and, but they're also lying to you probably almost nonstop because they're hiding the relationship. So I think that the sexual partner, this is just my, you know, I've been doing this for a while and I see the damage that it does. Mm. I think the sexual part, and I've heard that this differs with men and women, um, that the woman is more hurt by the emotional side. Yeah. I may not, you know, I'm not a man, I don't know for sure, but that the man is more hurt by the sexual part if someone's cheating on them. But having somebody lie to you that is supposed to love you is to me the more egregious part. You know, how do you continue to lie to somebody that you love? You love, you say you love, and, yeah. And that you mm -hmm. say you love, and if you do it 
you know, every if you're lying every day, if you're hiding, I mean, and it can, I mean, I see affairs that have gone on. I mean, people come in and tell me stories and I'm just like, oh my gosh, how come you didn't know, right? Or then maybe it's a coworker or maybe it's a, somebody out of town or they have the affair when they go to Texas or whatever. And they never know until some, you know, other time. And I don't know, I think it would be very difficult to establish trust. Even if you were fixing things, you know, on the romantic place, I think it would be difficult to establish trust again if you found out someone had been lying to you for so long. Yeah. I certainly it's not simple it's not something that that comes easily trust doesn't tend to come easily in the first place and if it's been broken there's a lot of work to be done and the work you know the work has to come from both sides of course the partner who has cheated has to show up in all honesty with all the cards on the table and be and be very very open to being you know to being checked up on and to do whatever it takes to make the the other partner feel at ease uh and i think you know when, when that's if that's available of course it's going to be easier to start the the process but from our point of view i i don't know how how you deal with somebody breaking your trust whether it's in a relationship or whether it's a friendship you know we've all been in situations where somebody breaks our trust and and the fear of trusting again is is there but what's you know what is the fear the fear is one feeling foolish and two being hurt yeah. yeah and yeah and we have to you know we have to make a decision if we want to invest in this relationship going forward we have to to make a decision that yes we're willing to put ourselves in that situation again yes we're willing to open ourselves up and it's not you know you've got to be available to do that and then start working on it um, because a lot of the time if you and I'm not saying of course it's not 100% of the time but a lot of the time we know maybe we don't know exactly what's happening but we feel it we feel it and we we don't want to admit it so we brush it under the carpet we we hide from it we make excuses for it and yeah you know, and that's you know if we've decided that we're going to go forward that's the place that you want to start with yourself if if you've got your partner who's willing to be an open book for you then you have to start building that trust in yourself and your own intuition your own gut feeling if you like and not be so willing to to push it under the carpet be brave enough to to confront it when you get that feeling in your your stomach um and I think that's, you know, if you have those two elements, there is a possibility that you, you can turn it around and you can make something stronger because you are communicating, you're communicating honestly and openly. And that does make for a stronger foundation for a relationship. So with that, yeah, you, you, you can take something forward, you will build it and you can, you know, you, you can have a successful second half of your, your relationship, if you like. Well, what I think is a matter no matter what, if you find out that your spouse has been having an affair, your partner, you cannot, like you said, you cannot sweep it under the car. car. Under the car. Or the <laughs> under the car, under the carpet. You can't sweep it anywhere. You've got to face it. <laughs> you have to face it because if you don't, I mean, and this is the divorce lawyer perspective, but if you don't, it's going to happen again. If there are no consequences, if there's no conversation, 
if there's, oh, I was drunk last night, it didn't mean anything, and you fall for that, it probably didn't, and maybe they were, but how many more times will they do that? You're kind of giving them, you're enabling that person to cheat on you, Yeah. and I have seen it. I mean, I've just seen, I mean, of course, I've seen so many bad things over almost 30 years that it's hard for me to see how you can make it pass. But no matter what, you have to address it. Yeah. You know, if, if, you, if you find out somebody in your relationship is cheating, you have got to address it. You don't have to get divorced. But if you just ignore it, you're doing yourself a disservice and the relationship a disservice. You're lying to yourself. Yeah, you're lying. To, yeah, you're absolutely right. You're lying to yourself. You're enabling your your partner to go ahead and do it again, even if that wasn't the intention. You know, if, if it could well be that he got drunk and you know the relationship's in a, a bad path and it happened. But if you don't, if you don't face it. Of course, you're enabling. But the other thing is, you're also, you know, you're creating resentment in yourself. Oh, yeah. You know, you push it down. You push down the feelings. There's only so long you can push down the feelings. And you start to everything that uh, that your partner does eventually starts to annoy you. And you start to get resentful. And you start to get angry. And you start to get bitter. And you start to be the one that, that's taking the, that bitterness into the relationship. You're the one that starts to poison the relationship. Um, and you and you feel bad in yourself because you you know you're aware that you're doing it. So you're not doing yourself, you're not doing your partner any favors, but you're certainly not doing yourself any favors. You're causing resentment, and you'll you know we could talk for hours about what you do to your own body, the sickness that you cause in your own body, but also you know mentally, by by not facing it, you're you're causing anger, resentment dislike loathing self-loathing lack of self-esteem you know I should be able to face this so you know at that point you're you've lost you know you've lost the battle you're not going to change anything either in the relationship or in yourself until you until you face the situation until you have that have that conversation about this uh whatever happened and the hardest the hardest for me when I see somebody that's been in a long-term relationship and they have known, but yet they've been too afraid uh, because how are they gonna support themselves? Or is anybody else gonna love me? Or I'm staying for the kids. Or, I mean, I've heard every single thing in the world. And I, I had a client, I think it was last year, and her husband had been actually living with another man um, in another state for, years and I said why on earth why have you stayed in this relationship how is that making you feel and she just cried and said that she just felt helpless and for that person that um I mean the longer you stay the more helpless you are it's like staying in a burning building, and I don't know anything about fire. But if you know the building's on fire, and you stay there and let it burn down, right? Or maybe not, this may not be the best analogy, but I mean, if you smell smoke, right, then then get out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But she just stayed and stayed and stayed, and her health 
I mean, she's in such poor health. And, and I asked her, I said, do you think that if you had addressed this years ago, that you would be in a different state physically now than you are? Because what it does, like you just said, I mean, what it does to you and your self-esteem and your, your feelings about yourself, because I mean, I, I understand, and you may say, well, it's easy for you to say, but no amount of money is worth sacrificing your life. Yeah. And it's usually not as hopeless as you think it is. Yeah. yeah. Most of it, you know, when we have a problem that we don't, uh, we don't deal with, it, it lives in our minds. And the longer it lives in our minds, the bigger the problem gets. You know, it, it's so blown out of reality. You know, it doesn't live in reality anymore. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And the bigger it gets up here, the more difficult it is to deal with. Yeah. And, and of course, if you're right. It starts to deal with your, your body. It starts to affect your body. It starts to affect your self-confidence, your self-esteem, your self-worth. You know, and at the, you, know, you, you reach a point where you wonder, hmm, Maybe I don't deserve anything more than this. Maybe, maybe this is all I deserved anyway. So, you know, which is, it's heartbreaking. Of course, it's absolutely heartbreaking because we don't, we, we all deserve to be loved. We all deserve to be respected. We all deserve to be happy. And I'm not talking about happy 24 seven, but we all, we all deserve to be happy and be able to wake up in the morning and face life saying okay this is the best life that I can have today not you know how did I get here right and there's no way out yeah and I think that if you're so I have a client that this is this will be your third time that she's come in and she's coming in next week and her husband had been having an affair for a long time and beautiful lady and I when I look at her and I just said you know, again, I mean, and I, I thought because I find myself so like vexed at why people stay in these horrible marriages when the person, when they know, and she said, because I wanted my daughter to finish, I wanted her to get through school. I didn't want to impact her school, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and I said, well, what is it doing to you? What is this doing to you? And so finally, you know, she's gotten the courage up. It's, it's, I think it's been going on almost a year. And, and if you need time to get courage up, I mean, what I say is like <laughs> to plan your divorce. I mean, look at how much money you're going to need. Look at, you know, what kind of support are you going to need? What kind of job do you need to get? How can you, and there are, there are tons of ways that you can make money if you look at, you know, how can I make, what are my skills? How can I make money? How can I do this? Can I downsize? Whatever. You can figure it out and you can get yourself to a better place. And, and that's, yeah, I think we have that, um, that fear that when we make a decision, we've got to move immediately. And it doesn't have to be that. The decision is just the, the starting point. The decision is the starting point to say, okay, what do I need? And sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's somewhere to stay. More often than not, it's it's changing the, the courage that you have, that you've been using just to put up with the, the situation you, that you're in, taking that and finding a way to, to change it, to give you the courage to move on. That's, and it's, you know, that goes back to building your self-confidence, building your self-esteem and getting to the point where you're not living in the worst case scenario where I'll never have any money, nobody will ever love me. Yeah. You know, 
living in the best case scenario where I will be free to make choices on how I want to live the rest of my life, free yeah. to accept love back into my life again. So and sometimes that, it takes that, yeah. Yeah, I spend a lot of time talking to people about how they can have a better life. And and on the, on the opposite, I recently had a, a man that came in and he wasn't having an affair, but he had been on dating sites. And he had been talking to, he never met any of the women that he talked to. But he'd been doing this for a long time. And he had talked, and his wife knew, and of course she castigated him for it, but he just kept doing it. Because he has like a, an emotionally abusive relationship. And she's very emotionally abusive to him. And I said, look, never going to get any better. Because you can't, I mean, if you've been married 25 plus years and you've been telling that person, because I always say, well, have you talked to them about their behavior? You know, how, what have you done? You know, how have you, what have you done to address? You know, have you ever tried? And if you have and nothing is changing and you know, or you see yourself going down that road of cheating or whatever, because I said, eventually you're going to meet one of these women. We're in the middle of a pandemic now, but you're not a bad looking guy. Don't, you know, there are women that want to go out with you. And if you keep at this, that's what's going to happen. And then we're really going to be up and free. And so he, um, you know, he's going through his divorce now. But I mean, because I, I mean, I always tell people, if you're about to have an affair, please get please, divorced first. Please get divorced first. <laughs> you know, you, if you really think you can't fix things with your spouse, get a divorce first. You know, separate at the very least. And, you know, this is not legal advice, but there is legal advice around that. But, um, you know, adultery is not good on either side. You know, you may no. be fun, but what is it doing to you when you are lying all the time? Unless you're an autistic and you don't even care. You're so, not even aware that you're lying. It is, it's not. <laughs> this, is, this is not really the narcissist podcast. You're both kind of anti-narcissist. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even care to let you guys know that are not. And of course, you don't care either, so it's fine. <laughs> Okay, so that's about all I have on adultery for today, and we're going to talk about something that I think is pretty close to this uh, in our next podcast, Revenge. See you soon. Can't wait for it. See you soon, everyone. All right. Bye. Bye.